I felt like I was underwater and I wasn't coming up for air. You know, growing up, my dad um, always showed signs, like he was an alcoholic. And as years went by, they just kept getting worse and worse. And uh, I guess around high school, we saw that it was becoming a problem with everyday life. You know, he was missing work, breaking relationships with important people in our lives and, you know, resorting to any means to just get that fix, you know, for his alcohol. So um, eventually we ended up confronting him about it. And he kind of just said that we were very, very wrong and he didn't have an issue. And, you know, the next day just picked up his things and just left and really never came back. So it just started building anxieties and insecurities within my heart, like why couldn't my dad choose our family over the alcohol or, um, you know, was I worthy of love? If my dad couldn't pick me, why would anybody love me? So, you know, this just kind of followed on into uh, my adult life. And my walls were so high that, you know, I was pushing away the people that really loved me and really cared, which was my husband, sometimes my kids, you know, because I would get so wrapped up in my worries and I just, I couldn't stay focused on the things that really mattered. It's just very overwhelming. Uh, physically, it would manifest itself in like stomach problems and hyperventilating and, you know, the sweaty palms, the nausea, um, just a real ugly feeling. and. It would get to the points where I couldn't sleep, I couldn't eat, or I was up all night just cleaning, organizing. I would just get really overwhelmed and I would start crying. And I didn't know why I was crying. I couldn't control it. It would just keep going and going. And, you know, my husband would look at me and say, what's wrong? And I, I would say, I don't know. I, I just feel hopeless. I had gotten to the point where anxiety and worry had completely consumed my everyday life. You know, my mind would play all these scenarios that weren't happening, but to me felt very real, you know. I had to go back to my apartment and see, make sure that it wasn't burnt down because in my mind, I was like, you need to go check. You left the irons on, you left the stove on, you know, when you get home, your apartment's gonna be burnt down and there's gonna be nothing left. And then I remember coming to work one day and just feeling like I had to run. And I saw my supervisor at the time and, you know, I remember just seeing her and I could barely talk, but I just remember breaking down and telling her, I can't do this anymore. And she was like, what are you, what are you talking about, you know? And so I kind of tried to explain the best that I could what I was feeling and, um, I was at the point where I didn't see value in my life. And I felt like my only out was just to not be here anymore. So she brought me to the care and counseling team that we have here at Champion Forest. And I was so, so, so in denial about needing help. I was like, no way, like, I don't need help. Um, what are you talking about? Like, I can do this on my own. And he goes, no, I think you really do need help. And I did need help. I needed medical help, but the biggest help that I needed was kind of just to let God break down all these walls that I had built up throughout the years. 
once I started, you know, getting the calls from our council team, just praying, you know, I started to realize like, you know, there was hope. I mean, I have friends and just people that are, that'll ask me, how did you overcome this anxiety? And honestly, it took a lot of being on my knees and just praying, crying, you know, feeling the hurt and just allowing him to come in and put the pieces back together. Wow, what a testimony. And um, as you have heard and now have seen in multiple different ways, the topic that we're taking up today is worry and anxiety. And I don't even have to do the thing of like, raise your hand if you've ever dealt with, you know, fill in the blank, because it's too obvious uh, that we all, all of us, deal with worry and anxiety in varying levels in our lives all of the time. And maybe you um, experience it to a more nearly crippling degree, sort of like Jessica. Uh, or maybe it, it is, it's not something that is totally debilitating, but it is something that's always there uh, where, where you're worried about this and, and, and anxious about this thing that is to come. And that's exactly what we're talking about today. And I believe that our, that our text, uh, because of this, it speaks to all of these things. Whether it's anxiety in a, in a more... Um, what, what we might think of as sort of a mental disorder. You know, when I, when I type in anxiety into the Google machine these days, uh, what pops up is the mental disorder. It's talking about a diagnosable uh, mental illness known as anxiety. And so maybe that's where you are and something that you deal with. It's more of a, a, an all-encompassing reality. Or maybe it is, it is something more general that, that we all really deal with at different times, and that is worry and anxiety about the things to come. So whatever it is and wherever you find yourself and however you walked in today with whatever anxieties and worries that you have or may have um, in the future, the word of the Lord speaks to us this morning. And I'm not a clinical psychiatrist, obviously, and I cannot speak uh, with scientific expertise on these mental disorders. Um, and, you know, you, you very well may um, have something where the appropriate next steps would be to seek out treatment, and that may involve medication. And I'm saying that those can be uh, legitimate and, and good things and can be appropriate. Um, but I believe also, like I've said, that the scripture is really talking about all of it, <laughs> whether it's anxiety that is more crippling or it's anxiety in a more general way that, um, that we all deal with, I believe that the word of the Lord is speaking to us about it today. Something that we all deal with. One definition of anxiety uh, that, that I think captures it well was, quote, a feeling of worry or unease, typically about an event or something with an uncertain outcome. So basically, there are things in our lives that we can see coming in the future that we can't control, and we are worried about the outcome of those things and what is going to happen and what's, what that's going to look like. That's, that's anxiety and worry that captures us all at, at different times. We are all in this. Because there are an infinite number of what-ifs in the future of our lives, aren't they? I mean, there's all kinds of things. There, there are an infinite amount of what-ifs, and therefore, there are an infinite amount of things that we could potentially have anxiety about. And so the, the word um, speaks to those things today. Anything from what we're going to have for lunch today to the results of the biopsy, 
um, are all potential things that we could have anxiety about. And it seems to me that anxiety has found a nice, cozy, warm spot to curl up and enjoy in our culture today. What I mean is it, it seems like uh, it, it's sort of normal and it's expected for us to have anxiety and worry about any number of things in our lives. And we sort of, when we talk about those things, it's kind of like, oh yeah, you know, that's, yeah, that's, that's really hard, you know. Um, and, and it's sort of accepted that we're just going to live with this level of anxiety. And uh, it, it's proven by, um, it's, it's a scientific reality, but Jessica spoke to it as well, that when we walk around uh, with that level of worry, worry and anxiety, it manifests itself physically, uh, emotionally, spiritually. Every area of our lives can be encompassed by um, this reality of anxiety that we all deal with. So that's what we, we take up today. We get to our text. We have all of these things. It, it feels rather heavy. And then we read that darn Bible of ours, and it says, do not be anxious about anything. Oh my gosh. What do we do with this? Well, let's figure it out and dig in. Here's the point of the sermon. God has given us a way to deal with our anxiety. Thankful prayer. God has given us a way to deal with our anxiety. Thankful prayer. And the first thing that we see in this text that I believe supports this idea is found in the first part of verse 6, and it's this. Anxiety isn't of God. Anxiety isn't of God. You look back at verse 6 with me. It says, do not be anxious about anything. Now, this is a clear command of Scripture. You remember Jesus says something similar in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6.25, where he says, do not be anxious about your life. Do not be anxious. And Paul says nearly the same thing. Don't, do not be anxious about anything. Uh, uh, another translation could literally be stop worrying. So this is a, a clear command of Scripture. And this shows us then, if God is telling us not to do it, then that's telling us that anxiety and worry is not of God. One commentator said that we are commanded to not be anxious because, quote, anxiety betrays a lack of trust in God's care. You may think about that, if we, are, if we are worried about the outcome of whatever future event that's coming, and we're saying, you know, we're anxious about it because we can't control the outcome, what we're saying is, we want to be God, and we don't want to let God be God. We don't really fully trust that he really has our best in mind, that he really truly cares for us. That, that's what we're saying when we have anxieties. I know that sounds rather harsh, but that's the truth. And if we did trust God perfectly, we would not be anxious. In a hypothetical world, this can't happen. But if we did trust God perfectly, we would not worry about the things that are to come in our life that we cannot control. We wouldn't worry about the things that we cannot control because we trust the one who is in control. You see? If we could trust God perfectly, we wouldn't have any anxiety because we would know that he is the one that is ultimately in control and he is trustworthy. Of course, we can't perfectly trust God, which is why we need to be reminded of the gospel, which is why we gather together every, every week to be reminded of what God has done for us in Christ because we cannot perfectly trust God. And it's another reason why we need to be reminded that we can go to him in prayer. And that's what we've been talking about this whole time and what the text is talking about. And if you look at the phrase right before verse 6, if you've got your Bible, the, the phrase right before our text today, it says this, The Lord is at hand. 
And there you go. The Lord is at hand. Just before commanding us, just before saying, do not be anxious about anything, right before that, um, Paul gives a reminder that the Lord is at hand. A reminder of, of who our God is. He is at hand. The Lord, the creator and the sustainer of the whole universe. The one who works all things out for the good of those who love him. The very one who entered into the world to save us and to redeem the world. That very God is in our midst. He is with us. He is at hand. So there's grounds for which that we cannot be anxious. We can not be anxious. We have the ability to not be anxious because of the character and the nature of God. Who he is, he has proven himself to be faithful throughout Scripture. And I think for all of us in our own individual lives as well, if we were going to tell our testimony and share the story of our lives, it would be a recounting of the faithfulness of God to us. So not only do we have his um, trustworthiness and, and faithfulness throughout the whole story of Scripture, we also have it in the stories of our own lives. So this very God that has proven himself to be faithful and trustworthy, he is trustworthy, so we can not be anxious. And also because of who God is, but also his availability to us. Both of these things together um, encourage us and, and teach us that we have the ability to not be anxious. Don't miss the all-encompassing claim either. Do not be anxious about anything. Anything. Now, if I'm being honest, um, I know that there are some situations and circumstances that I know that some of you sitting here right now, I know that some of you are going through or have been through. And if I'm being honest, there, there's somewhere in me that I want to say, yeah, you, you, could probably have, you could probably have some anxiety about that, you know? And, and I've been in some situations in my life where I think subconsciously, I'm like, I know I'm not supposed to be anxious, but this one, wow, okay. <laughs> you know, I, I think, I think we, we can have a little bit of slack right here because this one, we, we could really have some anxiety about this and it would be okay. Except again, we read this stinking Bible and it says, don't be anxious about anything. And so we, we, we bring this um, to God. Don't be anxious about anything. Anxiety isn't of God. But then we see in the rest of verse 6 that anxiety is a reason to pray. Anxiety is a reason to pray. Note that we aren't supposed to be anxious about anything unequivocal, all-encompassing statement, but then we continue on, but in everything, we let our requests be made known to God. So we have that don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, pray, basically. So we have the, uh, you, you know, the, the second part of verse six is what makes the first part possible, right? Because if, if, I, if I came to you and, and said, um, don't be anxious about anything, you would say, how? And then the answer is, let, in everything, let your request be made known to God. So we have the, the answer to it, right? Um, 
I've seen some of those, you know, really cheesy but true Facebook posts, you know, those little graphic images that have been like screenshotted and reposted so many times they're all pixelated and you can hardly read the words, um, but they're very true and people keep sharing them. You know, I've seen, I've seen some say things like this, uh, if you have time to worry about it, you have time to pray about it. You know, and uh, it's kind of silly. They're a little cliche and a little catchy, but they're cliche because they're true. And that's exactly, I I think, what the Holy Spirit is teaching us here. That in everything, let your requests be made known to God. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, let your requests be made known to God. It's true. If you have time to worry about it, if you have these anxieties about things that are to come, you can certainly take it to the Lord in prayer. Again, this part of the verse makes the first part understandable, right? Um, Our answer to how we cannot be anxious about anything is through thankful prayer. That's our answer, you know? If you didn't have both parts of this verse, if you only had don't be anxious about anything, it would be something like going to the doctor when you're sick, you know, you're like, I've got, I've got this problem and, uh, you know, I have this illness, you know, what do you want me to do? And then the doctor just says, don't be sick, you're like, well, that does, you know, that doesn't do me any good. He's like, get better, you know, don't be sick. And you're like, how? How, how can I do it? And, and um, that's the situation. God does not leave us uh, with, without an answer to our problem. The problem being anxiety. And he doesn't just say, don't be anxious. He says, here's how you deal with your anxiety. It is through thankful prayer. God doesn't leave us without an answer. He gives us the medicine to the illness of our anxiety. It's thankful prayer. Anxiety is a reason to pray. It's a reason to pray. And Paul's more specific about our prayers and how we pray as well as we go on. The purpose is to let all our requests be made known to God. Look at the second part of verse 6 again. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So he's telling us something about our prayer here. So in everything, we're letting our requests be made known to God, but those requests are prayers and their supplications, and they are with thanksgiving. So he's teaching us something here. And all of these words, prayer, supplication, and letting our requests be made known to God, those three things, they're all prayer, right? We could sum it up with prayer, and they're synonyms. They sort of get at different aspects. Prayer is sort of the general term for communication with God. Letting your request be made known to God. Again, it's sort of a, it can be anything that, that you need to take to God. And then the word for supplication is, um, is, it gets at a more urgent request. Something more specific. Like something that needs to happen right now. And when, when I read that and I read these words and, and figure out what they mean, I think that this is Paul teaching us again uh, that there are going to be all kinds of different things in our lives that could be causes for anxiety. And there are all kinds of different things then that we need to take to God. Meaning, um, sometimes it, it can be just the little daily normal stuff. You know, it can, it can just be a normal, normal prayer. You know, when we wake up and, and we thank God for, for today and, and ask him to protect us, you know, the, the normal stuff. Maybe you have a particular anxiety about driving or something like that. You're worried about, about every time you get in the car and, and maybe your, your prayer every time you get in the car is, um, Lord, protect me and uh, I trust you and, and you're in control. Uh, help, help me reach my destination safely. You know, just normal kind of 
everyday stuff that, that we can pray and, and bring to God, you know? And then you back up and hit the mailbox or something. No, I'm kidding. Um, just normal, normal things, right? That's, that's prayer. That's just, that's just letting your request be made known to God. But sometimes there's supplication. There's supplication. And, and again, this is something, this, this is like the more immediate out of nowhere, you find out somebody you love is in the hospital and, and, and uh, it doesn't look good, this is supplication, like, God, I need you to work, right? It, it comes out of nowhere and we, and we take it to God. So this is, this is every aspect, every arena, every area of our life, the normal day-to-day stuff, the things that seem insignificant and small, we take it to God. The things that are massive and big that we need God to show up for or it's not going to work, we take that to God. We take it all to the Lord in prayer. Every anxiety, anything that we could potentially be anxious about in this life is an opportunity for us to take it to the Lord. Take it all to God in prayer. There's nothing too big, nothing too small. We take it all to God. Take everything to God in prayer. It's an antidote to our anxiety. Specifically though, again, what does Paul say about our prayer that we take to God? He says to do it with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Now, in the different areas and and things that we go through in our lives, when when things get difficult and hard, I, I cannot believe that then we get get this added on that we have to do it with thanksgiving you know there there are some things that happen in our lives in relationships um, what fill in the blank things that we go through that we will we are not going to be thankful for yet here we have God saying to to bring it to him with thanksgiving and this again seems impossible How can I not be anxious about anything? And how can I take everything to God in prayer? And how can I do everything in prayer with thanksgiving, thankfully? This, again, seems impossible. How can I be thankful about every situation and circumstance in my life? How can this be? Where can this thanksgiving come from? And I was really trying to work this out because, I mean, this is is difficult, right? I mean, this is kind of like, I I don't know if this is even possible. Um... And I was trying to think, and and often it seems in our culture today, God only gets the blame when bad things happen, you know? The headlines and and the people want want to speculate, um, you know, where was God when fill in the blank? What was God doing when when Harvey came and flooded all those homes? Where, Where was God, you know, where is God in the coronavirus pandemic? What is he doing, you know? We only like to ask those, the culture at large, and maybe us, we only bring that up and ask those questions of God and what he's doing when things go poorly. But how often um, do we not give God a second thought when things are rather just normal and fine and good, you know? How often does God get thanked for sustaining the whole universe with the right hand of his power? Not, not very often. Um, and I think that this is, this is the, the type of things that we need to begin cultivating as the people of God um, to have thanksgiving in our lives. I think this is the place where thanksgiving can come from. Cultivating a thankfulness to God for all of the little things in all of the moments that are seemingly just normal and fine. 
So instead of only going to God when things are terrible and asking him to show up, we, we cultivate this, um, this attitude of thankfulness no matter what is going on. And it is in the moments when things are good that is a practicing ground for us when things aren't as good. Do you see? Can we cultivate a, a, a thankfulness when, when things are going well? When it seems like our natural tendency would be to think, we don't really need God right now because things are going pretty well. I'm killing it, you know. I'm, I'm doing great. And so we don't really give God a second thought. But if we could fight that urge and if we could cultivate thankfulness, even when things, there, there isn't massive anxieties hanging over us, um, it will be easier when they do to take it to the Lord in prayer. So cultivate a, a thankfulness, that's one area. But of course, ultimately, ultimately, we can have thankfulness to God in everything because of what he has done for us in Christ. Because of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, because God has made us alive in Christ, because he has pulled us out of death and, and um, has, Jesus has taken the place of suffering that we deserved and has saved us from eternal punishment. Because of these things, when I am reminded of the gospel, what God has done to save me through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, when I think about that, my circumstances um, and my anxieties, they, they begin to, to crumble away. When, when the priority, when I, when I can remember ultimately what God has done for me in Christ, I am moved toward thanksgiving and not to bitterness and anxiety. So ultimately we can have thanksgiving uh, because of those reasons. We can take everything to God in prayer with thanksgiving, ultimately because of what God has done for us in Christ. Anxiety is a reason to pray. And lastly, Anxiety is an opportunity to receive the peace of God. Now, this is where it all kind of ties together. Um, and, and this is really where we get to, I, I think maybe if I'm feeling the room right, we, we sort of feel beaten down. Like, I don't know. I don't know if we can do this, you know. Uh, but here's where we get to the, to the resolution, okay. Here's where we get to, to the peace and the hope that ultimately comes from taking everything to God in prayer. The problem, anxiety, the answer, prayer, the result, the peace of God. Notice this. Look back at verse 7. Do not be anxious about anything, and everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made to, known to God. Verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will, it's a promise, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Okay? So see what's happening here. Um, we get the peace of God after we take everything to the Lord with thankful prayer. Now notice this. The peace of God does not come as a result of God answering all of your requests. The peace of God comes after you've simply made them known to him. Do you see that? Now that is difficult for us, right? Um, when, we, when we take everything to God in prayer, um, we, we feel like we can't have any resolution until the, the prayer is answered. But that's not the promise of the text here. The promise of the text is that the peace of God which surpasses all understandings will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus after we get the peace of God after we have made everything known to God. And that's it, period, full stop, 
Now that's good news this morning. That I can receive the peace of God simply after I have made it known to him. The outcome is up to him. You know, what, what happens ultimately, it's up to him and he is trustworthy, he's faithful. I can trust him with the outcome of whatever it is. And I get the peace of God after I've simply laid it at his feet. I love that. That's good news for me this morning. Another commentator said, quote, That which causes the anxiety is brought to the one who is totally competent and is whose hands the matter may be left. We take it to the only one who can ultimately deal with it and is competent to handle it. Because we're not in our own strength, right? Once I've given it to him, it's okay. I can breathe. I know he's got it and I can trust him. You know, I've always got a million things going on in my head. I've always got a million things about things I wish I said, things I want to say, things I need to do, things I want to do. Um, There are a million things that I could be anxious about all the time that are going on in my head, right? Telling you I have voices in my head. No, I'm kidding. Um, But one thing that helps me, you know, and this is uh, just just like a a practical thing. Like when when I've got all these things going on in my head, one thing that helps me is uh, to get them all out and literally write, you know, make lists. I'm kind of a list person. Like I just want to jot down all of these things that I am thinking about, worried about, anxious about. And then when I'm walking in the spirit, when I'm, you know, when the Lord is at work, then I've got this list. And then again, at my best moments, which is only through the work of the spirit, I can pray through those things. Now, now I can breathe, right? After, I, after simply just trying to, trying to get them out of my, my heart and my mind and, uh, and, and getting them out of my head, onto paper, and then praying through them, and, and now there's just something happens. I don't know. It surpasses all understanding. You know, in this, this um, reality, anxiety is an opportunity to receive the peace of God. You know? And what exactly is the peace of God? What, what, is, what is going on here? What, what exactly is the peace of God? Well, we can say a few things about it. One, it's obviously the opposite of anxiety. You know, You've got anxiety on the one hand, worrying about the outcome of things that we have no control over. The opposite of us having anxiety is us having the peace of God. Okay? So it's, at least it's the opposite of anxiety. Um, and one commentator said that it is the, quote, the tranquility of God's own eternal being. The calm serenity that characterizes God's very nature. That we are welcome to share. Peace also has deep biblical roots with the Hebrew word shalom. You've heard shalom? Shalom, which means a harmony and good order. When all parts of life are working according to God's plan and purpose. Okay? That's the peace of God. It is, it is who he is. Um, it is in his nature. Because he is the one uh, that has planned, that foreknows, and is dictating the, the future and is working everything out. And he knows the beginning from the end. And so therefore, he is a God of peace. Because if we knew everything that he knew, we, we would know that it's all going to work out. And in fact, we do know that. Uh, but it takes faith for us to trust it. Because he is ultimately trustworthy and faithful. This peace of God, this harmony, this good order, when all things are, are working together uh, according to God's plan and purpose, that's what I want. I want to live like that is true. I want, I want a calmness and a harmony, and I want to live as if I believe truly that God is in control and that he's working it all out. And, and we do that, 
Again, by taking everything to the Lord in prayer. Seems almost too simple, doesn't it? Um, now, it doesn't mean that there's not going to be crazy stuff that happens in our lives. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be tragedies. There's not going to be illness. There's not going to be death. Of course, those things are true. We live in a fallen world. But it does mean that we can ultimately trust God, knowing that he's working everything out for our good, for his glory, and we could take it to him in prayer. And what an opportunity we have to experience this type of peace. If I wrote up the description of what's offered, calm, serenity, um, you know, the, uh, 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 a peace, knowing that everything is going to be okay, if I wrote down that description and went up to people on the street, 10 out of 10 would say, yes, I want that. How do I get it? And then my answer would be prayer. Thankful prayer. What? That's it? According to the word, yeah. I mean, it it truly is. Now, again, it's not going to say that there's not going to be reasons for anxieties to, to happen in our lives. It's not promising that, but it is promising that we can take it to him and we can receive the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. And I love this. Surpasses all understanding. When I, when I read this, I, I take it to mean that the peace of God is something that's supernatural. It can't be, it can't be explained fully with human terms. And, and this is that experience that maybe you have experienced or maybe you know somebody when they're going through something crazy and ridiculous in life and you talk to them and they seem peaceful. You're like, where does that come from? You know, how, how on earth... Are, are you, do you have a peace about what's going on in the midst of turmoil and chaos in your life? Well, it can't be explained. It, ultimately, we can't really put words to it because it surpasses understanding. That is the peace of God that we have the opportunity to receive when we take it to the Lord in thankful prayer. It doesn't make rational sense until you experience it yourself. Lastly, the peace of God also guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Here is the timeliest sermon illustration you will ever hear. Ready? Work with me. Anxiety is the virus. Prayer is the vaccine. And the peace of God are the antibodies that fight off the virus. How about that? (laughs) Uh, See that? Anxiety is the virus. Prayer is the vaccine. And the peace of God, that's the antibodies that we get that fight off the virus. Okay? Okay? I love this insight from one commentator. He said, the peace that the world offers depends on peaceful circumstances. Are we saying like world peace? If we're thinking about world peace, it's something that that we have to fight to make happen. The peace of God, instead of us fighting to make it happen, the peace of God actually fights for us. It's a big difference. What that means is it doesn't matter the circumstances of the world. It doesn't matter if there's world peace or if there is war. What we can have is the peace of God that will guard us and fight for us. That's the opportunity that we have this morning. The language is military language. The picture, it's a garrison that's built up to protect and defend against enemies. That's what peace does. I want it. I want the peace that surpasses all understanding, and I want a peace that guards me and fights for me. How do we get it? Through thankful prayer. You can experience this peace. And we cannot miss that the peace is only found in Christ. Do you see that? The very last words. It guards our hearts and minds in Christ. God's peace is what some have called a gospel gift. Meaning, if you are not in Christ, 
If you are not trusting in him for salvation and you are not following him in obedience as a result of what he has done for you, if that is not true, if you are not in Christ, then this peace of God that we've been talking about is unattainable for you. The first step is that you would be in Christ, that you would trust the gospel, what God has done to save you. You would trust him alone for your salvation, not yourself, not your own righteous works, but you would trust in Jesus to save. That would be step one for you to experience the peace of God. So if you haven't this morning, I would urge you to do that. Trust in him, repent of your sin, receive the free gift of forgiveness and what he has done for you, and you are one step closer to receiving this peace of God. And if you have, if you are in Christ this morning, this peace is offered to you. An anxious, if you, if you are living an anxious and stressed out life, Jesus does not want that for you. Take it to the Lord in prayer, receive the peace of God, and stop living with worry and anxiety. You, you can do it, but it's only through the power of the Spirit, by taking everything to the Lord in prayer. He wants to give you this peace, and what an opportunity we have to receive this peace this morning. Okay. We're going to respond. Our band's going to come back up, and, and we're going we're gonna to sing. And uh, in just a moment, um, we're going to have prayer partners uh, around the room, and uh, our, our response is going to be this. All of us uh, are going to stand. We're going we're gonna to sing. Uh, but in these moments, I would encourage you, in response to the word, to just voice in your heart or out loud any anxieties that you have. Anything that maybe you feel like you just can't let go of, that you, you need that control, you, you want to dictate what the outcome is going to be of this thing that's coming up, whatever it is, whatever you're anxious about this morning, I would urge you this morning to, to take it to the Lord in prayer. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by what you heard today. If you'd like more information about Champion Forest Baptist Church, our service times, or how you can get connected, visit us at championforest.org. Thanks so much. Have a great day, and God bless.